on this week's show. Back-to-back promotions and now a cup final to look forward to as well. We're from Chatham Town captain Jack Evans. We was quietly confident we could do well in the, at the level, but to say obviously we were just going to go straight up and win it, I don't think anyone would have said that was their first ball. And they hit Deal Town for six in the Kent Senior Trophy. Chippy tells us all about Punjab United's greatest day. Sometimes it's just written, and I think we were just um, we were just on it. We just it, it, I couldn't believe it. I think at four 0 I didn't even celebrate. It was just unreal, mate. It was just it's just a magical day, really. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. Uh, we've just got the two interviews for you this week and trust me, once again, that's not for the want of trying. Uh, but hopefully you will enjoy hearing from two men who got their hands on some silverware this week. Uh, I'm John Phillips, I've just about had enough of HMRC. On the line now is a man who hasn't made me set an alarm this week, thankfully. Matt Gerard, how are you pal? Not bad mate, not bad at all. Yeah, uh, HMRC, are we having a discussion about that at work with certain things about well we get child benefit and bits and pieces so uh, you're you're struggling with the uh, the great people of this of the HMRC department are you? Yeah, I kind of had a bit of a, an issue um, in terms of I because I've been self-employed and I'm now not self-employed. Uh, I had a, a, a penalty for missing a payment, um, and the problem was I didn't know how much I had to pay or when I had to pay it. Um, so. The payment is due um, tomorrow, um, but I have appealed the payment, the the the, the fine. Um, but so the reason that I phoned them up today and I was on hold for fifty minutes was to find out that how long does the appeal process take? And if I'm and and I assume you're stopping the interest on this, but no, they've told me that I've got to pay interest on it uh, every day from tomorrow. So I've ended up just paying the bloody thing, and I'm just going to wait and then have to pay it back, won't they? Because you know, it's, it it was not my fault. It was a genuine error, and I'm hoping that there's going to be someone with some sort of uh, compassion in that department. But I, I have a feeling that there won't be. Um, so well, yeah, just, that make it easy for people. That's the problem, isn't it? No, and they're so rude on the phone as well. Like I've had, I had, I've had a few phone calls with them over the last few weeks, and they just make you look, feel like you're stupid and that you're wasting their time. And it's like, actually, do you know what? I'm not. Um, which was a bit much, but uh, yeah, not my uh, not my favourite. And I had to give up on the call because I had other things to do. Um, so you know that was a bit of a uh, uh, a bit of a pain in the neck. But um, yeah, it's hopefully uh, hopefully getting towards the end slice of it all now. And then we're, and then now I'm back on uh, PAYE. I don't have to deal with them anymore. And I'm sure in time I'm going to get loads of money back from them because they're going to realise actually I've been paying more than I should have been paying. But who knows <laughs> what's going on with this? I, I had it before because I was briefly self-employed before. And when I went back to being PAYE, I literally got a massive bonus every June because they messed up my tax code. Um, so I'm hoping that that's going to continue uh, going forward. Anyway, how, how are you, mate? You, you well? Yeah, you're not too bad. Back to work. But, um, weather's getting a little bit better. So... Um... Yeah, apart from yeah, just carrying on regardless. I, I have uh, some people. Somebody said a bit of football fatigue, mate. See, it's been a long season. I think I've done about fifty games. So um, you're now at that sort of time. Um, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm looking forward to the end of the season. Probably like a lot of players. So again, I've never kicked a ball all season, but you know, after watching a lot of games, you could do with a bit of break after now. If you know where I'm coming from. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, this is the first uh, end of season uh, that I've known uh, Fee, and we, she was discussing it the other day, and she was like, "So you don't do the podcast over the summer?" I was like, "No." And I said, "You know, as much as we both love doing it, the couple of months where we don't do it every Wednesday or Thursdays is is, is a nice couple of months, isn't it? Just because you know, it's 
we love doing this podcast of course we do but you know there is effort involved in it in lining up the interviews and making time to do it writing scripts uh, of various quality uh, as we go along you know it's, it, it is a a commitment, a commitment that we love doing for for all you out there, listeners. Um, but it, it can be a bit of a stretch sometimes. But uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, and, and with the yeah. weather, yeah, middle of November, it's not a really a stretch because it's nice. You know, that's when the football time is. But the weather's getting better, and you're thinking, yeah, yeah, it's just football fatigue is sort of coming in, and um, it's, yeah, waiting until the end of the season, really. So I'm a bit what concerned about one particular side season, but there you go. <laughs> We must have what three, four shows left this season, so uh, we will. They will, of course, be of the utmost quality, yeah. um, and we will uh, do our best to give you uh, the best that we can as we go on. But uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think it does get to that stage, doesn't it? Especially now, you know, a lot of things are decided. There's not too much, especially this year, the way it's gone. There's not too much left um, to, to, to go on. You know, still quite plenty of excitement though. Plenty of excitement to come, and I'm sure we're going to be covering uh, it all. We will crack on uh, with the show in a moment, but I'm just going to tell you about the current uh, situation in this house where um, I am sat on a desk. Uh, well, it's a sort of outdoor table that I've converted into a desk, and it has my uh, my PC on it, and I record the show using my laptop. Um, so I've moved the keyboard out of the way. Uh, however, in the gap norm- that's normally uh, free between the laptop and my PC uh, is a black cat who about five minutes ago, before we started recording the show, decided that, that was where he was going to sit. And I came over here and I made quite a bit of noise and he's very, very firmly unremoved. So uh, Ray is here. He's part of the show. And um, oh, I love him anyway. Uh, anyway, it's our 253rd episode this week. And that led me to a novel called 253. And you are going to like this one, I am sure. So over to Wikipedia. <clears throat> let me just clear my throat. 253 is about the 253 people on a London underground train travelling between Embankment Station and Elephant Castle on January 11th, 1995. The basic structure of the novel is explained in the foreword as there are seven carriages on a Bakerloo line train, each with 36 seats. A train in which every passenger with a seat will carry 252 people with the driver. That makes 253. Uh, each character is introduced in a separate section containing 253 words, very clever, which give general details and describe the thoughts going on in the characters' heads. In the online version, hypertext links lead to other characters who are nearby or who have some connection to the current character. Or in the print version, the links are partly replaced by a traditional index. The reader can proceed from one character to another using these devices or can read the novel in positional order, e.g. from one seat and uh, one train car to the next. But there's no overall chronological order except in the final section. And that's the description of the book. Would you like to know the last paragraph of the Wikipedia page, Matt? Yeah, go on then. The novel ends with the train crashing. <laughs> so it's not a, it's not a, a true story no. about the... It's just, mate, all right. Yes, yeah, so right. mate, mate, he's made it up. Is this, is like, this person wrote, written any other books? Uh, I'm not too sure, actually. That's a good question. I, I, I once I'd seen this one, I was like, well, do you know what? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll leave him to that one. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, he's it, Canadian. The guy who's written it, um, and yeah, it's uh, Jeff Ryman is his name. Uh, maybe should have stuck a stuck to stationery. Um, he, <laughs> he was born in Canada, moved to the United States at the age of 11, then moved to England in 1973, where he's lived in most of his life. And very importantly, uh, the next line on this, he is gay. I don't know why that's important. Why, why, why is that still important? Um, he's led teams that designed the first official British monarchy and 10 Downing Street websites and worked on the UK government's flagship, flagship website, direct.gov.uk. It's your fault, Jeff! It's Jeff's fault. Jeff's part of this HMRC miss up, Matt. 
damn you, Jeff. That's very... Uh, was it a bestseller, this book? I don't know. Did Jeff, um, clearly, if he's still working for the government, he didn't make as much money as he wanted to. No. Um, he's, won, he's won quite a lot of awards, actually. He's won a lot of oh. uh, awards for his book. So, you know, fair play to him. But maybe, well, maybe doing a disservice to Jeff there. So, yeah. yeah um, but if, if Jeff, if you are anything to do with the HMRC website, I hate you. Um, but I'm sure your books are absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I got a bit shouty there. I'm very sorry. I'm you did get very excitable. Bit like a malfunctioning robot there, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Very strange. <laughs> anyway, let's get on with the show. The season, um, the end of the season is nigh, mate. If you start doing impressions, absolutely. Yeah, I, I need to. I need a full recharge. I think. Uh, let's get on with the show, and we can only start in one place at Chatham Town. After beating Cray Valley PM on Saturday, they were confirmed as champions of the Eastern League South East, going straight through uh, after winning. Uh, after winning promotion last year from the scaffold. In fact, though, with Ramsgate drawing, it didn't actually matter how the chats fared on Saturday, but it's still party time at the Balvin in front of another bumper crowd of more than 2,000. Now, the week then got even better on Tuesday night when the chats booked their spot in the Kent Senior Cup final with a 2-0 win over Welling in their semi-final, setting up a final at Priestfield against Margate on May the 3rd after Gate beat their local rivals Ramsgate 3-1 in the other last four clash. A scorer of both the goals on Tuesday night was Jack Evans, and early on I spoke to the Chatham midfielder and captain starting by discussing the title win. Firstly, it was a brilliant day. It, was, uh, it probably couldn't have gone any better, apart from a, a little bit of a, a downpour during the game of the weather. But uh, apart from that, everything went pretty much as we wanted to, even to the uh, fact of the other result going away. Even if we had lost, we would have gone up. So, uh, yeah, I can't really put a bad um, word about Saturday, to be fair. At the start of the season, I think there was there was high hopes at Chatham, but not maybe not necessarily quite this high. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a strange one, really. I think there was a lot of noise, like you said, a lot of noise uh, about the club from outside. And uh, don't get me wrong, we was quietly confident we could um, do well in the at the level. But uh, to say, obviously, we were just going to go straight up and win it, I don't think anyone would have uh, said that was their first fault. But uh, we was quietly confident in uh, that we could go into every game and match uh, every team in the league. And uh, as the season progressed, then we went on and obviously we was near the top of the table uh, it was definitely a focus um, to go and uh, achieve what we did I suppose last Monday w- w- was the main one wasn't it against Ramsgate everyone was billing it as a title decider for a few weeks and it came down to that it ultimately was yeah um, I think when we got to it it definitely was but um, we had a bit of an uphill task to get there uh, we um, had about Kev uh, mentioned it before that we um, dropped a uh, points um, at, uh, who was it? It was Hayward Teeth at home and um, and, we, and then we went to Whitehawk on a Tuesday and lost. And uh, I think we was about five points behind or something like that. And uh, we set ourselves a bit of a target of uh, the last seven games that we're probably going to have to win uh, every single one of them. And um, yeah, we, so from then we just chalked off one game at a time and then uh, luckily got to that game, round game, and we went into it uh, two points clear. So uh, yeah, a lot of people did say it's a title decider, but um, I think it was just a matter of taking one game at a time and uh, see how we got on. But luckily, we managed to win every single one of them and uh, put ourselves in a brilliant position going into uh, Saturday just gone. What was it like as, as a step four footballer playing in front of two and a half thousand people in that Ramsgate game? Yeah, it was, uh, we had a bit of a taster at uh, the Scaffold. I think we broke the record or something like that in the Scaffold when we played Sheffield last year. And... Um, yeah, we, we have got brilliant supporters, to be fair. We're definitely the uh, best supported team in the division. So we had like a little glimpse of 
what we uh, could uh, get on the gate. We've got a few like thousands, twelve hundred, sixteen hundred. I think Sheffy midweek we had one. Uh, so yeah, it was brilliant. It, it did make you feel like you was playing a probably a, high, a lot higher level. But um, yeah, credit to everyone involved in the football club for uh, just for how much has come along in the last few years. And your home record this season has been, well, the home record for the last couple of seasons has been absolutely phenomenal. And that must be a, a good thing before you get started because you know you're hard to beat there. Yeah, we did. At the, that's one thing we did talk about at the start of the year. I think it was uh, Matt Bock who mentioned it, that uh, if we try and maintain a uh, really good home record and try and uh, create a little bit of a fortress at home, that we won't be too far away uh, regarding the points tally to uh, be up there within the playoffs or like being a champion so yeah it was brilliant and that's full credit to everyone like the supporters that we get in through the door uh, each week uh, is a really good number and they do a fantastic all year home even away games they kind of when we go to certain grounds it kind of makes you feel a little bit like it's a home game with the support that's there so uh, yeah full credit to them for coming out in their numbers and uh, helping up the you know, line in every home game really and then you win the league on Saturday and then Tuesday night a cup semi-final against the team two leagues above you and, and you score both the goals to win that one They're just adding to it all isn't it? Yeah it is I've uh, been scoring quite a few recently um, got the last seven to ten games I've scored quite a lot of goals and to top it off with the semi-final we didn't want the season to end too short so we thought um, it'd be really good to try and extend it because we're we're in such a good uh, place at the moment. So, uh, yeah, it's really nice to obviously test ourselves firstly against a team um, a couple of divisions higher and uh, take the confidence from Saturday and Tuesday and uh, just add to it. So, yeah, it's been a really good week personally and for the uh, club. I suppose for someone who used to play for Margate and who started his career at Gillingham, a cup final against Margate at Gillingham is going to be pretty special for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's... We've got quite a few at the club that have uh, played for Margate and got connections with Gillingham as well. So we did say before that it would be a good uh, good game for quite a lot of us. So, uh, yeah, looking, really looking forward to it. And it's be good, like I just said about Welling, it would be good to test ourselves with the team that we're obviously going to face again next year anyway. So, uh, yeah, look, looking forward to it. Hopefully uh, there will be a big crowd there um, at Priestfield and uh, we'll get another uh, positive result. And I suppose just finally, you've played at the Eastman League Premier Division before. Do you think it's going to be much of a step up from where you are now? Because you've been so good for so long and you've got the belief and the habit of winning games, haven't you? Yeah, I think it'll be a little bit uh, similar to what um, how we went into this division this year. I think we've obviously got to respect that the league's another step up and respect the teams in it, but also we've got ourselves to be quietly confident that um, we can match anyone on our day and... Uh, go and give it a really good go again and I, I think that this is just another step in the for the club and hopefully the club can go and achieve uh, even more things next year as well. Uh, ambition is, is the key and, and there's plenty of it at Chatham isn't there? Yeah, the owners and the football club itself is a really, really ambitious football club so uh, it's got all the infrastructure and the facilities and stuff like that to just keep just keep uh, playing forward so uh, hopefully next year we can um, just add to that and use that as another stepping stone and see how, see how we get on and hopefully finish as high as possible. He's a nice lad, Jack, and, and you can't help but be happy for him and everyone at Chatham. Uh, as we said, Matt, Chatham, one of those clubs who've built the club in the right way and I'm sure they're going to continue to to grow and prosper next season in the East Premier Division. Yeah, 
a club on the up. As again, I, I can never said last week. I don't think I've ever um, think they've been at that level. What I can imagine um, following football. So fantastic achievement again. Hard work off the field has come to the fore. Probably in the scaffold that they will probably had players who were playing below a level. Arguably, they may have had players in the southeast division that were playing lower level, thinking of Jack here. And I think maybe um, some of their players will now be at their level that they should have been playing at. And it'll be interesting to see how they do. But, you know, the crowd of 2,600, whatever it was, 2,300, uh, when Gillingham were playing at home, must be absolutely uh, really pleasing for the for the board of directors and the club of, of where they're going in. Um, so, yeah, fantastic achievement. Back-to-back promotions. Um, really fantastic achievement. Uh, they're using players who are known in the Kent circle. So, your Bodkins, your Evans, your Kedwells, your Drury's. Players who've known to be winners and uh, really sort of got that squad together really well. So, congratulations to them. Fantastic achievement. Disappointed for Ramsgate, of course, coming so close again there. But I think um, worthy winners in the end. Yeah, and, and and Jack Evans there, as you said, I, I would say at the very least he's an Eastman League Premier Division player. Yeah. But, you know, full credit to him because it would be quite easy for a player like him to rest on his laurels a little bit playing at the, at the levels that he's mm. played at. But actually, do you know what? He has been exceptional. He was exceptional in the scaffold last season. Uh, and as you said there, he's been in really good form. And, you know, he talks really well. And I, and I was really grateful that, that we were able to get him on the show. You know, we've had him on the show uh, quite a few times before, but I was like, after he scored both those goals last night, I was like, Jack's the man I want on this week. Wanted to get some chat and and, and so great thanks to Jack. And I'm sure he's he's excited about what what's to come. Yeah, I, 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 he's a good player. He scores a lot of goals. He's their go-to man when you need something to come out of the to get the goal. He scored so many late goals last season, and now recently picking up as he said, found a little bit of form at the end of the season. A very good player, a clever player. Um, Interesting to see what they do now. Do they, we've seen clubs, do they, is there a big gap between, well, Herne Bay would look at it, there's a big gap between the Eastman Southeast and the Eastman Premier League division, despite their issues. So, interesting what they do with the players there. Again, people will see, yeah, we're getting 2,000 people every week, crowds in, players will be attracted to that. So, they could be looking to bring other players in and I think they will be attractive to players, good location to be as well. Definitely a club on the up. So, um, delighted for them because when we went there, um, a couple of years ago, wasn't it? You know, it, it's probably even improved even more since then. So, yeah, delighted for that. I mean, I would say, Matt, they they went out at the start of this season and, and brought in some players who you probably would have thought were sort of Eastman Premier standard. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're going out there and, and getting players who you would think would be sort of around the National League South this summer. I mean, l- let's be brutally honest. If I said to you, here's Club A, Club A are in step three. They've got a, a nice new stadium. They've got a 3G pitch getting two and a half thousand a week or club B are here. They're in step two, um, maybe. And they, they get 600 people through the gates on a good week. And they've been on a downward spiral for the last three seasons. You're going to pick club A, aren't you? Even though they're a, a slightly lower level than say Dover. Yeah. Good. I'm using them as an example. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think what, what, what I'm saying by that is, and I don't mean any disrespect to, to you or Dover, but what I'm saying is, you look at Chatham and you think they're a, a club on the up, a, an exciting proposition. And, and if you want to, oh, 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 you yes, know, and you look as well at the, at the lad, um, 
uh, Orgy, who's gone from from yep. Chatham to Gillingham, people look at that and think that's a pathway, you know. And I think I think they're a very very exciting club to go and, and play for um, in the future. And, and I think it's a, a I think you know that they've done really really well. And, and Kevin Hake is is a nice guy, and uh, you know I've enjoyed um, I've enjoyed chatting to him over the last few years, um, and I'm sure he's absolutely delighted. And, and you know it's a it's a it's it's a great moment for Chatham Town and. I think it's great for for that area to have a, a team at step three, and I'm excited to see how they do next year. Oh, I think um, expectations will be high again. That home form, John, is phenomenal, isn't it? And they sure they'll, they'll eventually they'll have a blip because that's all will happen. But as you said, people will go there, look at that home record, and they'll be wary of it completely. So um, I think uh, they've got to use that to their advantage. I'm not going to say they're going to have three promotions on the spin, but uh, I think they're they're all bloody a few noses of a few sides. I think uh, definitely a club on the up, one of our Kent sides that look out for them. It must be a, a dream come true for everybody of the owners and getting things right. Clearly how a football club should be run. Um, I'm delighted, so delighted for them and good luck to them. As I said there, uh, I kind of touched on it with Jack Evans, but winning's a habit. And they know how to win games of football and, and they're going to take that with them. And, and you know, I think they're coming up so um, comprehensively and, and I'm sure their home form again will be exceptional. And, and as Jack said there, you know, we know that if we can be good at home, then we'll be there or thereabouts. And, and I'm sure there's not many teams in that step above who were thinking, oh, do you know what? I can't wait to go to play at Chatham next year because, because you know, that's going to be a, a, a tough old place to go, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, well, phenomenal home record. And you've got to feed on that. It- for the whole season again next season, right? Feed on how how we can get the results at home because it'll be tough in some of these away games. But and they've got they seem to when they've lost a few games, a good ability in the squad, as he said, just to pick it up again. You know, with people like characters like Kedwell, Jack itself, Andy Drury, they've got winners. And I, and again, I don't think they'll let their um let things drop of how 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 they're going to be going. So. Our game. If you're a Chatham fan, you must be buzzing for next season already. Absolutely, and, and uh, the Kent Senior uh, Cup final. They've still got to play um, at Priestfield uh, against Margate. Margate. Um, that game was delayed due to crowd congestion uh, on Tuesday. Night. I didn't know. What was the, did you find out what the crowd was? I didn't know, but an early red card for Kane Rowland made all the yeah. difference. I think in that one, it finished three-one uh, to Margate, didn't it? And the final in a couple of weeks' time. Tickets are on sale. It's an all-ticket game, I believe. Um, from what I understand, Margate fans are going to be in the Gordon Road side uh, at Priestfield and Chatham are going to be on the other side. So, um, you know, but if you want to get a ticket for that one, the, the, the ticket details are not about the Kent FA uh, have put them out what on social media. What sort of crowd expect something like that? I would imagine, you know, I mean, you look at the numbers that Chatham have been getting through the yeah. doors. I'd imagine that at least that many will go for that. And obviously Margate yeah. will bring a few. They took a few. Like, I'd, I, would have, I would imagine they'll be looking at 3,000 probably. Yeah, um, it's, it's a Wednesday night. There's, you know, there's not a lot of football elsewhere going on, uh, and it's a big occasion. You know, I mean, even last year's Kent Senior Cup final, which was, um, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, farcical with the fact that folks have finished their season four weeks ago and had to try and pull a team together last minute um, to get it in there. Um, I think that it's, you know, I think it's it's a big occasion. It's back at Gillingham as well for the first time in in several years, and I think that's that's really good news for the competition. Um, and, and, you know, I think, yeah, it'll be a, a, a big day and, and one that people will be looking forward to. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's good that it's back at Gillingham. Chatham, perfect for them, isn't it? So, uh, and for Margate, could do a bit of a, a bit of good luck. Really tough game for them. Probably would you say Chatham are the favourites? I think just for, for for the momentum, wouldn't you? And, and you know, Jack saying you know there's plenty of players um, who are involved who who've got links to to there as well. So yeah, it will be it will be a very interesting one. But I'm pretty sure that yes, I would say. Uh, the odds are that it'll be. Uh, uh, I would say you just would make the Chatham the slight favourites, and you know we we like Ramsgate as well in the show, but it's kind of nice as well that it's that it's Margate rather than another Chatham Ramsgate game in the nicest way possible. Yeah, yeah, I think Margate fans need a bit of um, excitement. Winning that trophy again could be a momentum for them next season as well. So I think they'll be taking it again. As you mentioned, their season may have been finished for how many players that we have been available, but I think they'll be looking forward to that as well at Margate. So, yeah, again, we've been pretty con- um, criticised of this uh, competition, but uh, um, yeah, should be a, should be a good good evening out for the supporters. Yes, absolutely. Well, behind the chats in this morning, South East, it's still up for grabs. Uh, both Ramsgate and Whitehawk will be in the playoffs, but the final positions are yet to be confirmed. Right, you ready for this, Matt? It's quite complicated. The Rams head to Ashford on the final day, while Whitehawk hosts Corinthian. Both could be overtaken by Beckenham, who travel to Burgess Hill. But the Becks could miss out on the top five altogether if they lose, with four teams competing for the final two spots. Becks currently have 67 points, Cray Valley have got 65, and Sheppey and Hythe both have 64. To make it extra interesting, Cray Valley hosts Sheppey on the final day. So the Ites know they must win if they are to get in there. Cray Valley also know they will be in with a win, out if they lose, and if they draw, then it's all eyes for them on Hythe Town, who are at home to Hayward Heath. Uh, the only thing we do know is that of those four, the only pairing that can't be the one to finish fourth and fifth are Cray Valley and Sheppey. It's one of them or none of them. Uh, do you understand all that? I I, I did, John, yes. Um, I, basically, all I was drawn to is that Cray Valley play Sheppey, which is a big game. So, uh, Sheppey know they've got to go and win. Cray Valley... Could draw if that's a draw and I'd win either in, aren't they? Yeah. And looking at the fixtures, we mentioned as well, start start at the top. Ramsgate against Ashford. Ashford have had a disappointing season, I would probably say. Um, they may want to have something to prove. So why talk? They've got Corinthian. Sorry, Michael. You'd expect Wycock to beat Corinthian. So Ramsgate probably know they've got to win against Ashford to stay in second spot. So that's a big game. Then it comes down. Beckenham away at Burgess Hill Town. Been through about three managers this season. Beckenham, I would get through. Then Craig Valerie Sheppey could be a draw. And Hive beat Hayward Heath, who are down the bottom, and they get in. So the only disappointing thing is Whitehawk are involved and they're gonna, they're definitely through. So what an evening, that, what a day that will be. People looking at their phones, etc., like that. I'd imagine if, if Cray Valley against Sheppey is all square with five minutes to go, the last five minutes of that are going to be the best five minutes of football yeah. that you'll see this season because both teams will know they've got to score and it'll be absolutely brilliant. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's the game that's kind of... Uh, uh, we did say at the start of the season, or I probably did, that I fancy Chatham and Sheppey to do well. So, I'm thinking Sheppey will beat Cray and they will get through... Um, to, 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 the, to the game, who they will play in that, I honestly don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I'm thinking Sheppey. Sheppey are going to do it. I would say Sheppey against Cray. Big game, nothing against Cray, but I think Sheppey have got that momentum. 
and Sheppey will go through. We shall see what happens. I think it's going to be a very, very interesting final. But I will be going to the Ramsgate game next Tuesday. So the semi-final, whoever they're up against, um, could be, well, it's a likelihood, could be up against, well, it will be against the Kent side, won't it? So Kent Derby there. Yes. Uh, right. Well, good luck with that. And uh, we look forward to hearing your rea- your interviews from uh, next Tuesday. Uh, at the bottom of the table, Fabrician are off the bottom. They leapfrogged Corinthian after beating them at the weekend uh, to move off the foot of the table, while VCD are hoping for a favour from Beckenham themselves as they look to avoid the playoff spot. They need to win their game at East Grinstead and Burgess Hill not to win uh, if they are to avoid the dreaded playoff, which will be against a step five side uh, next weekend, the 29th. Uh, the other final day fixtures see Faversham host three bridges, Sittingbourne travel to Lansing, uh, the champions Chatham finish at Littlehampton, and Seven Oaks are at home to Chichester. Uh, Back one of those... to those playoffs, John. Yeah. Will it be drawn then? When will they draw? Do you know when they're going to draw that? Probably... The, the wording has been, hasn't it, something about... Uh, points per game is going to yeah, be yeah. A, a starter. And I think the step four teams are at home. Um, so I think it'll just be wait and see. I think the games are being played on the 29th. Um, so I'm sure we'll find out Monday or Tuesday uh, who's playing who. Let's just hope there's no ridiculously silly trips uh, in there. Um, yeah, because it's it's all up in the air. I mean, last year, obviously, we didn't have we only had six of those games. I yeah. think this year there's a lot more up and down the country. So we shall see what happens. Um, I, I'd imagine they'll try and be sensible. Um, but then there's part of me that's also saying, well, do you know what? I don't want whoever finishes second in the scaffold to play VCD because I don't want them to lose. I want them both to be in, in the Isthmian League next year. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see. But keep an eye on our uh, on our social media and we'll, we'll let you know who's playing who. Uh, let's move down to the scaffold where we do know uh, who the champions are. Ethan Belvedere got over the line to be crowned champions after a 0-0 draw uh, at Tunbridge Wells on Monday night. But the battle for second place and that playoff spot We'll go down to the wire after both Phoenix Sports and Deal Town won on the road on Wednesday night. Uh, Phoenix 2-0 winners uh, in their game at Holmesdale, uh, while Deal Town beat the champions by three goals to nil. Uh, it was also Tumridge Wells nil, Punjab United nil in that. Uh, so we're going to the final day of the season there uh, with one point between uh, Phoenix Sports and Deal Town. Uh, 78 and 77 points for those two. It means Irith Town, unfortunately, they've had a great season, but they're not going to make it uh, into the top two. Um, but Phoenix Sports are in the driving seat. And on Saturday, Phoenix Sports are at home to Kennington. And they know that if they win that game, they will be in the playoffs. If they slip up, then Deal Town are awaiting. They're at home to Sutton Athletic. And they will obviously be desperate to win that game to give themselves a chance of getting into it. At the bottom of the table, though, Matt, and this is interesting, Canterbury on the fire, aren't they? They're in a good run of form. Uh, they play Irith and Belvedere on Saturday, so it's not ideal. Sorry, yeah, no. They play Irith and Belvedere on Saturday, so that's not ideal to play the champions, but they're in a good run of form. As things stand, if Wellingtown were to lose at the weekend and Canterbury City were to win again, Wellingtown at home to Whitstall Town, the final game of the season um, in the, at um, at Beauville, where they with ground share with Chatham. If Canterbury were to win that game, Wellington to lose, Canterbury would be above Wellington and therefore Canterbury City would have stayed up. You've also got Holmesdale in the mix. Uh, you've still got three games to play. Uh, they are only a point in front of Canterbury and they are in a poor run of form. Uh, so, I mean, if Canterbury were to do this, this would be the greatest of great escapes. You know, they beat in town last weekend. Um, you know, and we had the chairman on the show the other week. Uh, really interesting conversation. In fact, a few people actually messaged me and said how much they enjoyed hearing from him. If they stay up, that would be absolutely incredible, wouldn't it? Um, well, you know, 
I paid lip service to what he said that you know he thought they would in good amount of form and rated the manager. Um, but yeah, the, was it three wins out of the last four? Four, picking up some really good performances, really good result, phenomenal achievement if they can do that. Again, Erith and Belvedere have lost at home to deal. I don't know um, if they still got the, you know, they've gone up. So there are issues on with the players. Uh, nothing to lose, Canterbury City. Um, it would be up there with probably one of the uh, teams of the season if they keep up there, John. With the position they've in, you know, they were getting absolutely tonked week in, week out. They've turned it around. Fingers crossed for them. <laughs> if they can do it. I don't know when... It seems a bit unfair that Holmesdale got three games down. When they're going to be pick, playing those games? I've got no idea. Because well, that will affect week. the relegation. So got, I'm sure they've got one, at the same time. They've got one on Wednesday and they've got one on Saturday the 29th. So they, they've been allowed to extend the season if there's been uh, up and down the country, the season's been extended. So right. but as it's only the relegation place that it might affect, um, then right. we'll have to see. I, I, the thing is, that I'm, I'm free on Saturday, so I've got the chance to go to a game and I haven't quite decided where I'm going to go yet. We'll be discussing options very soon. As tempting as Cray Valley against Sheppey really is, I've got to think of this podcast uh, and, you know, I won't be able to get interviews from one of those teams for, for, that would be any use for the podcast. Um, but genuinely, Canterbury City against Irith and Belvedere is quite the proposition this weekend, isn't it? You know, that's that's a big game. It'd be a good opportunity to to go down there and, and see if the greatest of great escapes could happen. But uh, we shall see. The rest of the fixtures on the final day uh, of the Scaffold Premier Division. Uh, Fisher against Stansfeld. Glebe against Irithtown. Hollands Blair against Tunbridge Wells. It's K-Sports against Holmesdale. Punjab United host Lordswood. Rustall against Beersted. Uh, and those are all of your fixtures. I've just mentioned Punjab United, so I suppose, Matt, we should really hear from the manager of Punjab United. We we spoke last week uh, to both Chippy and Steve King at deal ahead of the Kent Senior Trophy final, and I did promise that I would call back the winner. I didn't expect for a second that I'd be speaking to someone who won 6-0, but that was the case. A fantastic result for Punjab United uh, as they, well, they frankly blew Deal Town away. Uh, at the Gallagher in front of a big crowd and they won the Kent Senior Trophy. And so early on today, I kept up to my promise and I had another chat with Chippy. And, and you know what, this is actually completely different from what we spoke about last week. But I started by asking him about what it meant to win the Kent Senior Trophy. Yeah, oh, mate, we were, I think we were unbelievable, to be honest. I was, listen, I've been confident all week. I've been telling everyone, my major and team were a bit worried, but I think me and Vines, he said from day one, he told he, we said we're going to win, and I knew we were going to win. I just said, I've done my homework, and if we get it right, we will win. And I was confident all week. I was confident in the, on, on Sunday morning. I was confident when I spoke to him that before the game. I said, I told you, boys, do your jobs, and we'll win. But to win 6-0, I mean, I don't think anyone was expecting that. You, it must be but probably the best performance in the history of your club. Yeah, 100%. Like, we... We were, sometimes it's just written, and I think we were just um, we were just on it. We just it, it, I couldn't believe it. I think some, at four 0 I didn't even celebrate. We just didn't score four. Have we ever said yeah, we have. <laughs> it was just unreal, mate. It was just it's just a magical day, really. How did it all play out then? Did you, obviously, you you got a good start, and I guess you never looked back. Yeah, I, I think to be honest, we looked at I've looked at their you know I looked at some of their videos, and I know Vinesy and Jason went to see him on Monday night, so against Wellington and. Again, we came back and I said, if we get at them early and we'll, we'll use our wingers and our pace and uh, close them down at the back, we'll, we'll, we'll get chances. And that's exactly what happened. I think Jaden went through in the first 30 seconds 
and that set the tone really because he should have scored. And I think you know Dawson and Jesse in the middle were very competitive in the middle. They were on it. They didn't give them a minute to play. And I just think once we got one, it, it, it was coming, mate. To be honest, and it came in waves. Uh, a great atmosphere as well with, with with a really good crowd in. Oh, it was a brilliant crowd. You know, we got an email confirmation yesterday that um, I think they had 1,200 plus and we took 527. So, geez, you know, for a club like Punjab to take over, you know, 550 people nearly, that was unbelievable. And, the, and that crowd was buzzing, mate. You know, the drums are on it. The, the young ultras, you know, had the whole crowd buzzing from the beginning and um, I think they played a massive part, to be honest. And a hat-trick for Jaden. He must have been over the moon. Yeah, he's been really good, and um, you know he's uh, he's he's hard work. You know he creates chances himself, and I think he's just unselfish running. You know for everyone he's uh he's there to see, and sometimes that's what the key points are. You work hard up front, and you get a chance. You know, and Vinesy again showed what class he was, and what a great finish to get the first goal. Great ball by Chris. It just all planned out really well. What we asked, and it just everything we had done, it just it worked. If that makes sense, you know we've been working on this for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it started to come off slowly after the last four or five weeks. And, you know, Sunday, it just, it was perfect. I suppose winning the, 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 the trophy is, is amazing. But I guess it, winning it so emphatically has probably put Punjab United on the map a little bit more. You know, to win a cup final 6-0, people are going to be, uh, going to be even more people are going to be taking notice of you. Yeah, I hope so. You know, I think people underestimated us over the years. You know, that we've struggled in this division and, you know, we've been... Like bottom five, bottom six, for the last couple few years, and I don't. It is a tough division, and I think we've been building slowly. You know, we've had a chat over the years. You know, when when you've interviewed me, I've always said, you know, it's a tough division, and once we get settled, I think we we, we can give it a good go. And this year, it sort of sums up that Punjab. That you know, we're not just here to make up numbers. We are here to compete. Um, you know, we beat here from Belvedere twice. So that's no fluke. You know, we've had some great results, uh, great performances against Phoenix and the top sides, and we we should have. We, you know, I'm kicking myself that we could have done a lot better this year if we had a better start. Um, you know, we had a bad start because we lost a lot of players before and then they all came back and we recruited well over October and November and it, 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 we haven't looked back. So, um, yeah, listen, Punjab's back on the map. I think we've always been there, but we've just sort of um, settled ourselves in. You know, we've had a great start to uh, Saturdays, like when we were done back to back promotions and then we won the Kent Intermediate Trophy. You know, that was a big cup for us back then. And we've just gone out and done it now and... I think anyone who saw the game on Sunday, there was no fluke, you know, and, and it wasn't uh, that they played bad. We we were unbelievable, and I think everyone knows how good we were. So, you know, I've heard some of the interviews about, oh, you know, they we, we, we changed, they didn't change nothing. We we were just that good, and if everyone was there watching it, they understand exactly what happened. And he went up to Wembley on Tuesday as well. That looked like a, a, a great experience and a, and a great, uh, I suppose, awareness. Is it raising up there? Yeah, it was it was something which we that we got invited to, and it was on Monday, and um, it was a photo for Saki a, a meeting at Wembley for the first time with seek prayer on the pitch. Um, and yeah, um, to be honest, they rang me and said they wanted me to be a key a guest speaker as well and bring the trophy. And it was amazing to have a chat with everyone, like three hundred people in the room, about Punjab and where we come from and what we've done and what we won on Sunday. And um, it just opens the awareness to everyone that you know go and support your clubs, or your local clubs, especially to the Asian community because. We don't see a lot of Asians come to football to come and support in a local side. And we're just trying to open people's eyes that, look, you know, we are around. And not just us, but Sporting Castle now, uh, hopefully in the playoffs, they could make you know, a playoff to step three. It's amazing how some of these clubs are progressing really well. And, you know, they're all mixed in with, you know, multicultural. We've all, we've all got a mix of players. And I think that's the way it should be.
is the thing, isn't it, with, with Asian players? That there, there hasn't really been uh, a big standout yet in, in, in the professional game. He's really gone on and, and kicked on. And, and you know, it was so many... Uh, so many people in in this country are Asian now. It, it, it's amazing, really, and, and I suppose events like where you were yesterday is hope is helping to to spread the word. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And, and some of my comments were that look, our parents, um, you know, Asians always been told no education, 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 which we all understand. But I think our parents were busy working, wanting to get us a good education. But now our our generation, we want our kids to go and do well. And if they're good at a sport, doesn't matter. You know, I said it to everyone. That for far as I'm concerned, doesn't matter if it's boxing, cricket, football, if the parents have to put the effort in to take the kids there, get them through like everyone else does. And I think this generation of parents are now so roped in to get their kids into football or cricket or football, you know, hockey or something. They, they're going to they're gonna commit. And when you next five, six years, I think you'll see a big influence of players now because the parents are, are committed. They're taking them all over the country. They're happy for them to go to scholar, you know, scholarships at Leicester or, you know, we met a couple of kids up there who are now in Birmingham City and Leicester City, you know, 17, 18 years old. You know, they're the future because the parents have sacrificed and took their time out to take them. Before, we never had that sort of luxury. But now, I think the parents are doing it and I think we all see a big influence over five or six years. I hope that we get a few players in the Premiership. And just finally, finish the season at home to Lordswood on Saturday. I'm guessing you're going to have a bit of a, a celebration and a good party <laughs> atmosphere there. Yeah, we had a, we had a bit of a good party on Sunday night, but I told because it was a working day next day, everyone sort of left a little bit early. So I said we'll make up for it on Saturday, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're not gonna charge anyone Saturday. It's gonna be a club day, so we're gonna make it open to everyone to come. Uh, the trophy will be there, and um, I'm hoping that it'll be a good night to finish off. And then uh, yeah, we will look forward to next season. Start planning. Um, you know that one stop. You know a lot of groundwork to be done and a few bits and bobs. So I'll have a week off, and then we'll go again. Well, he's great, Matt. And, and as I said, a completely different interview for, from last week and, and really interesting, actually, to, to sort of delve down a little bit into the, the, the playing football as, as Asians uh, in the area. But first and foremost, what a result that is. And as I said to you there, that result has put them even more on the footballing map, hasn't it? Yeah. Was there a prouder man in the whole of Kent and then Jippy probably on Sunday night? Um when I got in, you text me the score, etc., and I saw that what the score was, um, and I couldn't believe it. I, f- I feel for for Deal, but Punjab um, clearly of yeah, one of those things. They took the chance. I knew a few people who went to the game, um, and they said that you know Deal def- didn't defend particularly great, but Punjab were absolutely clinical in front of goal. So yeah, I, I say I feel for Deal, but fantastic for Punjab. And is, it, is this the chance now for them to, as a club, here we go, right, we've got that trophy. Now we're going to look to try and push up for promotion, look at the playoffs next season. I think it's a, a big thing for them as a club. Um, uh, and it will put them on the, definitely put them on the, on the marker as a, a club to be, people will be, people will be aware of now. Winning the Kent Senior Trophy is a fantastic competition for them to win. And I think... Uh, a club, another one, another one who's doing all, everything the right way. And that, how much that is, winning that trophy, is absolutely phenomenal for them. Again, a feel for Deal, and hopefully Deal can do that other bit. Maybe they can get, be rewarded by winning the, by getting into the playoffs. But yeah, fantastic for Punjab and fantastic for Chippy because he probably is one of the nicest men you could ever speak to. Yeah, I mean, it was, a, a, as you say, absolutely, I was at work. Uh, and saw the score just before half time, 
uh, I got tipped off by someone to, to check out the score. And, I, and, it, I, and it took you back because you were like, I, I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, and as you say, Chippy said last week, didn't he? He said, whoever defends the best is going to win. Well, I, I, I don't think anyone still expected it to be 6-0. Um, you know, but fair play to them. And, and you know, he's, he's very open and honest. He, he always has high hopes and ambitions. But as he said there, you know, he's always said when we've spoken to him over the years on this show, you know, we, we want to try and get, we want to try and progress, but it, you can't just do it that, that easily. And, and, you know, I think next year, if they can keep the squad together, because I know he's, he's said he's, he's finished really well and, you know, they have finished really well in the league as well. Um, you know, I, I think they'll be hoping to be a threat next season uh, in the scaffold and, and with, you know, proper playoffs next year, down to fifth is going to get in the playoffs. And, and you'd be looking at it thinking, well, actually, they, they will have a good chance. And, and, you know, I really hope that um, free entry on Saturday, I really hope people get down there and, and support them uh, and and really get behind them because it should be a, a brilliant celebration day. Uh, if you like your samosas, I'm sure there'll be some absolute mm-hmm. crackers uh, provided by the uh, catering team uh, down uh, at Punjab United. And, and you know, all, what he was saying there about... Um, the culture of, of, of Asian parents and everything. Obviously, we don't know anything about that being, uh, well, as, as they like to put it, pale, male and stale. Um, but it, I find it fascinating, you know, that we've never had a big uh, Asian uh, player in, in English football. And, and and it was really interesting where he said it's about the parents and the generation. And it, he's right, because I think I always remember the the, the, the families of, of the Asian kids at school not that there were many in my school um but they were always very intelligent and very driven to do well like that and it kind of something dropped when he said that to me about actually you know now that the attitude is it's not all about education it can be about sport and you can be whatever you want to be and and i think that's a showing how we as as, as a nation as we as a people are, are really evolving yeah I, I i never really thought about it um from what the what he said about there you know again you get there I suppose there were people saying that Asians should be doctors and nurses or medical lawyers, et cetera, like that. But as he said now, people, you know, they, they want to be the cricketers. They want to be the footballers. And then given that generation uh, uh, of seeing what they can do and what a football club can do and the opportunities available for them. And Punjab have taken that on board 100% completely. Um, getting involved with that thing at Wembley. I saw that then the major event and I worked with an Asian lady and she said if she went to the temple at Gravesend and what a great day it was at the weekend doing with the, with the celebration so yeah uh, I'm absolutely delighted for, for Punjab I think it could be a catalyst for them now to, to move forward to get more sponsors to get more people through the gate etc like that and move forward you know they may look back as as you said it was the biggest day of their club but that could be the beginning of that club as well I think I'm probably going to go off a bit of a tangent here, but um, when you think about the the Yorkshire cricket racism scandal, uh, that just made me really sad because for me, when I was growing up, cricket was the most multicultural sport we had in this country. Um, And, you know, football has has, has never felt like that, I suppose. But, you know, Punjab United and, and everything he was saying there shows that we are moving in the right direction, that, you know, we are more tolerant. And, we you know, we've had a couple of, you know, reprehensible incidents that we've had to report, sadly, on this podcast over the past few years, where racism has, has reared its ugly head. But I actually think, you know what, as a society, you may look at it and think that there are wider problems. But I think as as, as a footballing unit, 
we are much more open to to everyone now than our our forefathers were if, if that sounds you know because if that doesn't sound too too stupid to say that but you know and, and I think Punjab United are real flag bearers for what they're doing and you know fantastic for them and I mean they've got the best cheerleader they could ever bloody have yeah. uh, in that man there but I just think you know it's it's such a positive sign and it's such it's it's just great and and you know I'm glad he had his day at Wembley and I'm glad he was able to take the Kent Senior Trophy with him <laughs> yeah yeah uh, everybody says that Wrexham again are you know a, a great footballing story. Punjab, he probably you know without the millions and millions invested, is also another great footballing story. And they've had their bit in the media, and there's no what in the future to come. They could be become a club that people find out about because you know it's a great story. So um, fantastic. And and oh, we said about that another another club coming through as well. Didn't know much about. You mentioned the other Asian club who could get promoted, wasn't it? Yeah, so so I think that's Sporting Kalsa he was talking about there. Yeah. Now Sporting Kalsa uh, played Corinthian in the FA Vars when Corinthian got to the semis in the COVID right. season. Um, I think that was the game I went to. Um, so you know that, they've obviously made great strides as well to go from step five to being challenging um, at, at, at the top as well. Um, and it's I just think it's. I think it's brilliant. You know, I think there's no there's no barriers, no boundaries. Uh, and that's the way football should be, because we want football to bring everybody together, whether you're male, female, black, white, Asian, whatever. You know, football should be welcoming. And, and it's great for us that we've got a team in our county who are one of the flag bearers for, for football for everybody. And I think that's absolutely amazing. Fair play. Well done. Absolutely brilliant. Well, hello, everyone. I don't know if you're aware of the phenomenon that is Cunningham's Law. Uh, Cunningham's Law is an online thing. Uh, Let me just get the exact wording of it for you so that we're all clear uh, where we stand. So Cunningham's Law states the best way to get the right answer on the internet is not to ask a question, it's to post the wrong answer. Now, that's not strictly true uh, in the story that I'm about to tell you, but uh, we kind of got ourselves in a little bit of a pickle. So for some reason, I had in my head uh, that Tooting Bet were ground sharing at Sutton Athletic. I don't know where I got that from. I don't know why I didn't check it, uh, but that is definitely not the case. So first of all, uh, when I said that when we recorded the show, on Wednesday, I was wrong. Uh, FC Elmstead, in fact, have had a long-standing ground-sharing arrangement at Sutton Athletic. Uh, so therefore, they are uh, the team who play there, not Tooting Beck. Uh, Tooting Beck, also, uh, I made a comment um, that they may have had some players in uh, from Tooting and Mitchum, which I'd been told uh, from a couple of sources, actually, uh, after their recent good run of form. But they are very keen uh, to point out that's not actually the case. Uh, they messaged us on Twitter uh, to say that. So uh, I'd like to apologise to Tooting Beck for that mistake. Tooting Beck uh, play over in the Croydon area. Um, and they finished second in the Scaffold First Division and beat Lartford and New Hythe 5-4 on penalties in their semi-final on Wednesday night to set up a final against Lead Town. Now... I think Tooting Bet were briefly annoyed at me uh, and, and us uh, on Thursday, but I actually think that by the time Thursday was out, they were more annoyed at somebody else because uh, they were due to be playing uh, the final at home as the higher-ranked team uh, against Lid Town, who beat Fabersham Strikeforce uh, to reach the final. But because uh, Tooting's ground is unavailable 
on the day of the final, which is Saturday, uh, the Scaffold have decided to switch the game. Uh, so the final of the Scaffold First Division playoffs will now be played at Lidtown on Saturday with a three o'clock kickoff. Uh, Chishing Bank not very happy about that uh, decision. Uh, they said that they the, there was no reason why it couldn't be played on Sunday uh, and that that was another reason to get out of this league as soon as possible. Um, and obviously Lidtown are, are probably quite happy because they get another home game and hopefully they'll get a bumper crowd in uh, for that one on Saturday. So uh, yeah, it wasn't our finest piece of work uh, that we produced uh then we were discussing that. As I say, I've got no idea where that uh, random, made-up, Sutton Athletic fact that I came up with came from. Uh, but I do, again, would like to apologise to Tooting Beck uh, for any uh, offence caused and any um, any difficulties that's caused anybody. And of course, I'd like to apologise to everybody uh, who listens to the show because that wasn't our finest work, was it? And we're better than that. We know we are. Uh, what else can I give you an update on? Uh, Concord Rangers beat Dartford by three goals to two uh, on Thursday night. So uh, that's moved them closer to Dover, uh, who we're going to discuss later on in the show. Uh, but uh, yeah, so if you've listened to the first show um, and you want to just, and you've just listened to this bit, thanks for listening again. That helps the listening figures. Uh, and if you've just uh, listened to the first, for, for the first time, uh, there was nothing to see here. We didn't get loads wrong uh, and we move on. Uh, so now it's back over to me and Matt uh, to continue the show that we recorded yesterday or the day before. I don't know. It's, it's very late on uh, on Thursday night into Friday morning now uh, as I've done this amend. Uh, and again, apologies to Tutti Beck and apologies for, for being rubbish. We're better than that and we will be going forward. Matt, John, what have you got to say about it all? Uh, let's go on up to... Uh, Oh, go on then. Let's talk about the National League South. Um, Matt Gerrard, Dover Athletic uh, number one fan. Are you worried? When I was having my Weetabix this morning, I was scouring over the Vanarama National League South table. Have you got a um, spreadsheet with the fixtures? No, uh, no, no, I haven't. Um, I, Am I worried? Yes, I am worried because, of course, Dover have to play Weymouth on the final game of the season. Weymouth need to win their two, next two games, which they could feasibly do. Dover could lose to Farnborough, which is more than likely. So my concern would be in that Weymouth beat Dover on the final day of the season to go ahead of them on goal difference and knock Dover down. So basically, in some contexts, Dulwich are playing Cheson and I think Hungerford. So in some context, that works in Dover's favour. But Dover, you know, oh, again, I wasn't there when they lost 5-1 to Oxford. Apparently, we were pathetic. Um, and, and really, Concord haven't pulled up many trees this season. And all we had to do was just get a draw, which would probably have made us safe. But, but yeah, I am worried. Um, I mean, it's it's ridiculous that you are with two games for you left to play. You're eight points clear of the drop zone, and you're still worried. Um, you know, well, I mean, you, if you look at that, then are you think we're staying up? Well, I, I look at it, and I think a lot. I look at it from a a logical point of view of how much has got to happen for these teams to catch Dover. So, Concord Rangers obviously have got five games start for tomorrow. They've got Dartford tomorrow, but they've got five games left to play in total. So they are feasibly can can catch you. Uh, Weymouth, you just mentioned. Um, Hungerford have got a better goal difference than you. If they win all their three and you, you lose your two, they're above you. 
Um, but obviously, with with the fact that they're playing Dulwich as well, that means that Dulwich. I, I look at, I put my sensible head on, and I say, look at all the things that have got to happen for Dover to go down. But then I also put my. I know how thing has been, things have been being a Dover fan for the last two and a half years. And if any team ever in the history of football have looked capable of being eight points clear with two games to go and going down, it's Dover Athletic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But what I will say, from what I gather, um, if we're not, if we don't go down this season, don't expect too much more uh, next season. So unless we can bring loads of players in, we cut so uh, uh, basically I'm hoping we get something against Farnborough. I don't think Farnborough can get in the playoffs, can they? Or that it's gonna be tough for them. So hopefully Farnborough on the beach and somehow Dover who won that game against Braintree, they can get another one. So and again, we need Dartford to beat Concord tomorrow. Um it, but it could come to squeaky bum time, yes. I, if, if Weymouth come to Dover, no, they knock Dover to um to relegate Dover, I'll be absolutely convinced that Weymouth will beat Dover because I can't see Dover get another point this season. I, I think that's a frustrating thing, isn't it? You just need one more point and, and, and you're home and hosed. But it's just, do you worry? <laughs> I don't know, Matt. I don't know. I feel... Uh, pff, uh, I, I don't think you'll go down. But from a from the fact that I have to talk to you every week to do this podcast, it would be bloody hilarious. But I don't, yeah. think, uh, I don't think you'll go down. Well, some people are saying, you know, we probably deserve to go down the way we've got the crowds are going down. Um, maybe you're playing local teams, but uh, and we might be successful. But as I keep saying to people, we are in a rut as a club. There's no guarantee we go to relegate. We miraculously start winning matches because we're not in a club who can win matches. Uh, over the last, what, two seasons, we've won, what, 14 games out of 100, which is, you know... I'm no uh, rocket scientist, but that's 14% of your games you're winning. Yeah. So we're we're in a rut, and somehow we've got to get out. And maybe finishing fifth from bottom on goal difference could be right. That is the bit to get out of the rut. You never know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Street United made it 100 points for the season on Saturday as they beat Chessant uh, by three goals to nil. They are the champions by a considerable margin. Uh, they've got Dartford. to play Chessant, I think, last day of the season or something. They've got to hold Hungerford, so... In one of those contexts, so absolutely can do as a favour. So uh, Dartford, uh, they are, yeah, they're in the playoffs now, guaranteed. Um, they'll be hoping that they can cling on to second place. So they could do Matt a favour uh, on Thursday night. Tunbridge Angels are eleventh, seven points outside the playoffs with three games to play. I think that might be uh, a step too far for them. And Welling, uh, they are just a point above. Uh, Dover, but I've, as we've just discussed at length, I think one more point and Dover will be safe. So I would imagine uh, that that's the same state of play uh, for the Wings. I would say that they are probably safe, uh, but a, a disappointing season for them. And we'll have to keep an eye on what goes on uh, over the coming weeks for them. On Saturday, uh, next to last games for most of these teams at the weekend, uh, it is Dartford against St Albans. Dover travel to Farnborough, as Matt has already said. Tunbridge Angels are on the road at Chippenham. Uh, Ebb Street United take on Welling United and Welling United are at home to Ebb Street United in a, in a Kent derby uh, there on Saturday as well and then next midweek uh, just to wrap proceedings up for our teams uh, there will be a game between Farnborough and Tunbridge Angels uh, to bring th- that to the thing uh, the, on Tuesday next week Farnborough uh, 
And on Tuesday next week, Tumbridge Angels will head to Farnborough uh, for a rearranged game while Welling play against Hampton and Richmond Borough. Uh, into the National League, where Bromley are still clinging on in there to, in their bid to get into the playoffs. Uh, they drew 1-1 uh, at Halifax on Tuesday night and they are still in that coveted uh, seventh spot. It's still in their own hands uh, with two games left to play. They're two points in front of Eastleigh. They're four points in front of Southend. Uh, those are the only teams that, that, that can catch them. Uh, meanwhile, at the top of the table, obviously, Wrexham and Notts County just keep getting silly numbers of points. Uh, Maidstone, 25th, uh, Maidstone, 25 points from 44 games. They will finish bottom of the table. Uh, but it, it would be nice for them, Matt, if they could uh, go out on a high with maybe a couple of positive results uh, on the uh, uh, to end the season. Bromley, big game for them on Saturday. They are at home to Chesterfield. Uh, well, Eastleigh host Solihull Moors. Uh, their nearest contenders for the playoffs, as I just said. Uh, Maidstone United at home to Notts County, uh, while Southend, who can also catch Bromley, are away to also relegated Scunthorpe. Um, do you think Bromley are going to do it? I, I, I would say from here, Matt, they, they should, shouldn't they? Well, I'm at the Bromley game at the weekend. so All very good. Chesterfield. So, uh, Bromley, I think they've got to play Chesterfield. Chesterfield looking good for them to finish third, which is all important, so they... In the Super Playoffs, they missed the first round of matches. And the next game, Chesterfield, after Bromley, is against Maidstone at home. So, um, yeah, I think the results in the midweek went well. Bromley on a good run of form. I think they're unbeaten in eight. Um, It's in a good position. Of course, the way it would go, they may have to face second place, Notts County. Sorry, they wouldn't play Notts County. They would play Woking, wouldn't they? So... On that basis. And I fancy Bromley against anybody and maybe to get through in these matches. So, big game against Chesterfield, but the Rays, I think, I think probably, probably got enough. One win may do enough, may be enough, and maybe that could be the one against Chesterfield to get through. Um, but the only thing is, that Chesterfield probably win that. They're guaranteed third, and they might risk loads of, rest loads of players going forward. So, But good season for Bromley. Michael Cheeks finding form. I'm looking forward to seeing the first time I've seen him this season. So, Interesting to see it, and it's a good test against the Chesterfield side, who are also in good form. So, uh, two of the more informed sides in this division uh, up against it. But again, and it was good to see the infrastructure at Bromley again. It was probably in, even better than it was a year ago, the last time I went. Yeah, absolutely. That just leaves us with the Isthmian League Premier Division, uh, our final port of call on this week's show. Uh, final game of the season for the, for all of those teams on Saturday. We know Bishop Stortford have won that league, uh, incidentally. Uh, so the playoff places... That was a bit of are, drama last night, wasn't it? Canvey, one of them... Can, oh, Canvey, were they 2 and up? Or somebody was 2 and up and conceded 2 in the last minute? Was, well, yeah, it was Canvey against, against Averley. So two teams that are going to be in the playoffs yeah. anyway. Um, so Cray Wanderers are in the coveted fifth and final... Play, or fourth and final playoff spot. But it is fifth overall. Uh, they need... A point, I would say, unless Lewis go gold crazy at Canvey Island. Uh, but they're, they're a win for them at Haringey Borough, who are down in 13th, and that will be job done uh, for Neil Smith and his men. They will probably play, well, they'll play either Hornchurch or Canvey Island in the semi-finals of the playoffs, which will be played next midweek uh, before the final is played. I think it's on uh, the Monday, the first of yeah. May, isn't it? That final uh, it should just also mighty card the Isthmian League Southeast semi-finals, which we talked about earlier. Uh, semi-finals on Tuesday and the final is on Friday night next week, the 28th. Uh, so there we go. At the other end of the table, uh, Herne Bay's relegation was confirmed, as was Bowers and Pitsy. So we know the four teams that are going down from that league. Um, last game of the season, say, on Saturday, Bognor Regis against Folkestone. Uh, 
Herne Bay at home to the champions, Bishop Stortford, Margate against Potters Bar Town and Cray Wanderers, as I've already said, at Haringey Borough. You'd like to think they're going to do it. And do you know what, Matt? Yeah, they're going to have a, 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 a tough game in the in the semi-finals, I'm sure. But momentum, the fact that you're excited to be in the playoffs rather than disappointed to be in the playoffs, it could make all the difference for Cray. Yeah, I, I, again, the Neil Smith factor. Um, some of these sides... You know, Bishop Stortford have managed to claw away from the top. So, Hornchurch and Canviana may be a little bit, you know, down in the dump saying they haven't done it. And again, I know all these sides won't want to play a Neil Smith Cray Wanderers team. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed they can do it. Uh, I can't see why they, why, they, why they shouldn't get into the playoffs. And anything can happen from there. Absolutely. It should be a, a thrilling end to the season. Uh, and, and so we'll bring you all the news of the playoffs uh, next week on the Kent Only Podcast when we bring it all together. Um, so I'll, I'll certainly go to a game somewhere on Saturday. Matt is going to be at Bromley on Saturday, uh, followed by Ramsgate uh, on Tuesday night. So we'll have all the lots of reaction and, and interviews for you on next week's show. But uh, it's been, do you know what? We're, we're kind of nearly there now. It's been another bloody good season, hasn't it? Uh, it, it had excitement, uh, you know. I, I have to say, I cannot believe how well Hyde have done over the last. Hyde going into that, they were, they were probably dead and buried. Probably what February, I think, in the middle of the table. Great run of form. They could get in the playoffs. You got Craig against Sheppey, massive game. So there's really, you know, it's it's been a good year for Kent football. Websley running away with a title. You could get Maidstone, uh, so Dartford getting promoted as well so really good it's strong as ever um at all levels john so um delighted for it and there's going to be some ups there's going to be some downs let's hope there let's hope that particularly in the east and southeast division that we will get another kent side promoted absolutely uh we'll just run back through our usual uh, television chat we'll make it quick because we've been talking for quite a while now um if you're not watching the new series of Taskmaster, then I severely recommend you get that in your life. Jenny Eclair is an absolute delight. Frankie Boyle is brilliant. It's uh, it is one of the. I, I'm going to go as far as to say there were only I think four episodes in. It is the best series that they've had on Channel Four um, so far. So uh, yeah, really, really enjoying that. Master Chef's back, so I've been watching that a little bit as well. About halfway through the uh, the Ted Lasso uh, episode from from this week, I wasn't really concentrating, so I was busy doing other things. So I'll, I'll probably watch that again. Uh, later on, um, have you got any other recommendations, Matt? Rolling from accounts, worth watching. The BBC, it's an Australian comedy that's on the BBC iPlayer. Very good. I watched it with my daughter. We were both cracking up. So, Colin from accounts, um, it's only about 25 minute episodes. Recommend that, um, completely. Yeah, really, really good. Colin from accounts, so get on that. Okay, so yeah, that sounds uh, interesting. Um, one, one of your men from Ghost is on uh, Taskmaster as well, I should have mentioned. Oh, yeah, yeah, the... Uh, the, the Kyle. That. Yeah, that's it, yeah. He's on a lot of things. He seems to be the go-to man to comedy shows, yeah. So, is he doing all right? Yes, he's he's good good fun, yeah. So it, it, his performance in the very first task they showed was incredible. Uh, he's kind of gone downhill from there, but uh, he's he's very entertaining to watch. It's it's good series because there's no weak link on it. Uh, all five of them are really, really good value. So, that's... Uh, it's coming together nicely, that one. So, uh, yeah, all good. I've not been... Uh, I went for a very posh meal in London on Monday. Um, I bought it as a as a Christmas present on uh, a voucher site. And um, it was lovely. It was really nice. But we had a bottle of wine and the service charge and some some bottled water. And that cost more than I'd already paid for the meal. 
Mm. Um, so that was uh, was it was, was it the food was it Cordon Bleu sort of yeah small it was, portions it was, no the, the portion sizes were decent actually but I had um, just just to give you a flavour of, of of what we had without going into it all uh, my main was um, cod with a with spinach and a shrimp bernays don't you know mm. darling uh, and my dessert was a um, chocolate and orange delice um, so you know it, it, it was but it was it was actually we we quite enjoyed it it was quite filling food uh the company was great the atmosphere was great yeah can't complain it was a nice sunny day as well so we had a bit of a stroll around london um got a bit hot and bothered but because <laughs> it was actually quite warm um and we probably weren't uh, appropriately addressed for the for the conditions but yeah nice nice to see the sun um and yeah hopefully we'll uh we'll get to do more things like that in 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 the coming months um yeah it was nice but very very enjoyable would recommend uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's show. Thanks to our two guests uh, for their time. And well done uh, to both Jack Evans and Chatham and Punjab and Chippy for their uh, excellent weekend results. Well done to everybody else who's celebrating promotion or staying up. Uh, and good luck to everybody who's got something to play for this weekend. Uh, I hope you all manage to get the results that you want, if that's humanly possible. Uh, we will give you all the latest on everything. It, it, the funny thing about this show is by the, by the time we speak to you next week, the playoffs will be done. So <laughs> these teams right now are sitting there thinking, by the time we speak to you next week, the playoff semi-finals will be done. So there are probably two Kent teams who are sitting there at the moment thinking, hopefully we'll get into the Eastman League Southeast playoffs this weekend. But by next Wednesday, they could be knocked out. Um, so, you know, it's it's, uh, it's 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 a strange old situation uh, for, for us with our li- little weekly uh, updates for you on, on a Wednesday or a Thursday, but we will get, give you a good one next week, I promise, with plenty of interviews uh, and we might even bring some of our decent chat, you never know. Keep your fingers crossed. You can find That's us on right. Twitter at Kent and Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent and Podcast. Uh, search for Kent and Football Chat to get involved with the chat group on Facebook. On Twitter, I'm at JohnPhipps81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Please give us all a follow. Uh, as we say, we, we have got a bit of football fatigue. We're winding down now, but we've still going to got, got three or four banging shows for you to come. And we'll speak to you next week on the Kent Only Podcast. I'm expecting drama, John. Drama, drama, drama the next few days. I want a goalkeeper to score a late decisive goal. <laughs> you never know. <laughs>